Join Andrew Wall, Hector Garcia, and Michael Lee. One mission, one rule. Make accounting fun. Welcome to Friday Night Live with Accountants. Are you ready? Happy Friday again, everybody. I We're live air, from airing live from my cottage once again, and I've once again got cottage brain. Um, but we have another special guest for you. Um, Eric Tung is joining us. He's a general manager of Receipt Bank. I think uh, some of you have gotten to know him. He's relatively new since the big Canadian expansion. Uh, I got to meet Eric at the um, QB Connect Toronto uh, event uh, when you were how 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 many days were you on the job when you're I you're pretty new still aren't you I was like two months maybe if that last I think actually because I started in October and the event was early December so like six weeks yeah. in no so but you were on the ball already right out to the big events and uh, networking connecting with all the accountants uh, so we definitely appreciate that it was great getting to to know you and we appreciate you coming to join us today because I know there's some you know lots going on uh, at Receipt Bank right now. Um, you know, you guys have your big boost launch that you've got going on um, right now, which I guess um, is is interesting because uh, for me, it's it's technology that I've been playing around with for for a while now, um, but it's no longer in beta, right? I guess is that is that mm. why we have the official launch now? Yeah, well, one of the big things we obviously want to do is make, you know, processes as efficient as possible. And one of the big things that we've um, gone live with officially is what we're calling Bank Match, which is the ability to pull in bank feeds uh, for QBO users as well as zero and stage users um, and, you know, be able to have those transactions in Receipt Bank and then actually start matching the paperwork so you can easily see what you have and what you don't have. Um, And it's just one of those small ways that we're making lives easier for bookkeepers and accountants the mission of Receipt Bank. So um, we're excited because before we, we really couldn't tap into the QBO uh, part, of the, part of our customer base and now we can. So that's obviously a huge win, especially for us in Canada. So that's great. Yeah. And, and you guys also just had a big acquisition as well, right? You, um, which is more yeah. on the zero line, I guess, but yeah, we'll get it. it. We're, we're, we're going to get it first. Soon. So yeah, totally. It's uh, we we bought a company called I call it Xavier. Um, I think some some folks call it Xavier. Um, but it's Xavier. A, is uh, it like a French thing or depends yeah. how much wine you're having? A little yeah, exactly. Xavier. Exactly. And it's super cool. It's um, it was it, it's it's actually a fairly small company. They're a team of six based out of Bristol, England. Um, but they you know really leverage AI to help ensure data quality. Uh, for accountants and totally to what Brad was saying, um, it's right now built for uh, accountants using zero um, and mainly in the UK, uh, but we're going to quickly, you know, take it global, but also, you know, expand it to beyond the, the zero footprint. So uh, it's our first one. Uh, we're hoping for other ones. So it's pretty exciting. It's been an exciting week for us. At least. Yeah, you guys have been you guys have been on fire. I mean, obviously, we were thrilled to see the Canadian expansion. Uh, I was a bit disappointed that I wasn't able to make it down um, to the the grand opening of the office, but unfortunately, I was traveling. Probably, well, you were now in Mexico, because, I believe, right? That's right, and which is probably yeah. the last time I'll be traveling for quite a while. So, as much as I miss being there, I was glad I got the opportunity to get out of town while I could. A hundred percent. But I got to do a happy hour a few weeks ago, Kinga. Um, put together a little get together for the Westerners, and uh, we got to hang out, didn't we, Eric? That was good fun, wasn't it? We did. Yeah, it's our first Canadian Receipt Bank happy hour. We're going to do more of them, um, and we did have some folks from the East Coast as well. So it was kind of built yeah. off of the uh, Get Connected event um, that Intuit ran. Um, but we're going to do more, and we're going to make sure it's coast to coast. Oh, it was so good fun. Really good yeah, time. we really let's great. get the Hollywood Squares thing going with like the whole the whole country in there because i think we had about 25 or so and we we had good fun it was a lot of fun it was lively it was just good to see everyone again and hear what's going on and and hear it a little more candidly that we might get out there on the facebook groups and stuff we made sure the record button wasn't on and had a good (laughs) frank conversation it was excellent it was constructive it was fun so definitely do those again We'll be sure to, to dive deep after after the after show as well. Yeah, we always turn the record button <laughs> off and then we get the real stories. <laughs> right on. But I, I got to ask, what's what's it like, you know, um, going through this, trying to do this big expansion in the middle of COVID? Right? Like, I mean, you guys were poised with, you know, this big launch and then boom, you're just hit with yeah. COVID, which has just been 
you know, devastating for so many people. How did you guys react? What, what have you guys, how have you guys been managing and coping with, with this crisis? For sure. I mean, it's a great question. Um, and I think the first thing is definitely, it's, it's been very difficult for everybody. And I think mainly because of the uncertainty um, and also making sure that, you know, people in terms of the team, as well as our, our accountant and bookkeeping partners and our small business clients are safe, right? It's kind of like safety first and foremost, both from a physical health perspective and from a mental health perspective. Um, I do think coming out of it, you know, for for us at Receipt Bank, and I think others in the kind of cloud accounting space, we're going to really look back at this as, as being, um, you know, a real proof point for what we've been all talking about, which is the need to transform our industry, the need to serve our clients better through technology. And so in some ways, it's actually been very positive because it's, it's really affirmed for people the need to look at new technology um, and change the way they've been doing things. Um, and I think that the, the other part that I am very optimistic about is um, for small businesses, it's been so clear that accountants and bookkeepers are such a necessary part of, you know, their support infrastructure. And so, you know, if, if I look at small businesses that are trying to understand how to survive, how to thrive, um, you know, there's no better case than, you know, having somebody who can tell you how to work through the policies, make sure you're getting the most out of every single rebate, helping you think through some of those tough decisions, how to be a sounding board, a psychologist, a management consultant, all in one. Um, I really, you know, hope and, 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 and affirmed by the industry that I'm in because I think each of us can play a huge role in supporting the growth of small business, which we all know is sort of the backbone of the Canadian economy, has yeah, been and, and will be going forward. Right. So does this mean you've seen a, a big jump in, in the number of people and adoption rates? We know, obviously, like um, it's we've certainly seen things, you know, drop it when 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 lockdown happened. And obviously with like small business closing, you know, it's, it's been, you know, our numbers certainly aren't um, uh, they're, they're not like jumping out like off the charts. It's not like kind of up into the right hockey stick. Right. It's the growth in the but, new clients offset the decrease in the clients who shut down. Yeah, but we're pretty lucky in that I think the interest for sure has come up. And actually, you know, truthfully, you know, we are we're sort of reentering what I would say growth mode, which is really positive. So um, and I think exactly as you're saying, while certain um, firms and, and businesses are slowing down, others are picking up. So, yeah. uh, you know, it, it hasn't certainly hasn't been as challenging for us as it has been for, for other you know, parts of the economy. A lot of companies in the tech space, definitely with any sort of cloud focus, have, have been weathering the storm, so to speak. Because for obvious reasons, we've this is proof of concept for all the naysayers that were out there on desktop platforms, using paper, all the things that we've been resisting for a long time now. People yeah. are seeing the value. They really are first and foremost. So yeah, it makes sense that you guys are, um, are poised not to get hit too hard because your tool is is necessary for so many businesses in our area. I like to argue it's a tool like this is almost necessary for almost any small business. You know, if you're on a cloud platform, you should be using Receipt Bank, not just, and this is the way I come about it, not just as a bookkeeping tool, but just an optimization tool. My clients learn to love it because I, I sell them on all the sizzle that comes with it. And there's a lot of interest right now. You know, I'm getting lots of people asking me, how do I keep my stuff in the cloud? So with good opportunity, I guess. Which I guess every... brings me to another point, uh, a bit of a, um, a sensitive topic, but obviously the big news this week um, was into it and their layoffs. I mean, obviously a tech company that we would expect to be, you know, leading um, through change right now. Um, and, and obviously I think many of us read that letter that I think David Leary posted, um, uh, which basically outlined that the pace of change was rapid and that they were doing this because things were so changing so quickly. But at the end of the day, they laid off 700 people, um, which no matter what the letter says, what, what, yeah. What, and what does that say? That says that obviously um, they're having, they're having some issues dealing with um, what's going on uh, amid COVID. I would think, I mean, I, I'm speculating, obviously, um, you know, you know, Brad, I mean, what's your take on, on the letter? Well, I heard a discussion the other day online um, with some long-term Intuit people, and they say, this is a cycle. It happens. Um, every couple of years, the big layoffs come. Um, 
for whatever reason. It's uh, it could might be seen as a restructure, maybe a a, a new direction they're heading in. Um, it's hard to know because you know when I read the letter. I'm not sure I really saw economic challenges in there. We're letting people go because of that. It was more. Well, they certainly weren't. Kind of they definitely weren't saying that. Yeah. It I seems mean, like a restructure. And we have to restructure for, for, because things are changing so quickly. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I found that a bit hard to swallow. I mean, it was like, it really, is that, is that the real reason you're laying off 700 people is because things are changing so rapidly and you have to adapt. Like, I don't know, maybe I, I, it's hard for me to fathom an organization of that scale. Yeah. Um, Sounds like corporate speak in many ways. I think it's just a continuing trend since Cezanne Godarzi took over. You know, I, I have a lot of respect for Cezanne in so many different ways. And we had to know that, that Intuit was going to change with new leadership at the top. I mean, Brad Smith had such a massive impact on the direction and the whole culture of the, of the, the company. And it, and it's changed. I mean, we don't always like the change, but it's changed. And I, this felt like part and parcel to that. And what I'm hearing is some businesses are using COVID as an opportunity to restructure. It's like, okay, well, we can identify who we'd like to keep around for the new world. And, and unfortunately, others are going to be let go. Now, I have heard that people that were let go have been taken very good care of. Yeah, um, right. That much I do know. I, I spoke with one person that was involved and they said they were treated extremely professionally, like they said they would in the letter and they were taken care of. So I wouldn't expect anything less of into it. But, you know, it still sucks if you're that person, even, you know, a great package doesn't always set you, you know, in, in a new direction. Other times it's a great opportunity. You know, if you find something new, the package sounds pretty darn good right now, doesn't it? Right. And I guess, I mean, Eric, you, you receive bank's been through their share of um, restructuring as well. Right. I mean, I guess sometimes there is a yep. need to make fundamental shifts in, in the team. Do you have a, a perspective or a thought on it? Well, I mean, I think it's always difficult. It's always hard to make these choices. I think like, as uh, Brad was saying, first and foremost is, you know, you always have to go where you think the puck is going to be. And, and those choices are never easy. And, and how do you transition your team? Gretzkyism in there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and I think but the key thing for me is always, we, you know, when you have to make these choices, you do it as humanly as possible. And the fact that they've done it that way, um, I think speaks a lot to the culture yeah. of the company and the leadership of the company. Um, and certainly I think, you know, for Canada specifically, like David's, you know, done a fantastic job in the, in the short term. He's been here. They ran out. They hosted a fantastic event um, yes. a week and a half ago. It was, it was um, great. And and I think it, it really speaks to the fact they're still very invested um, in the in the community and in the products they're trying to build. Um, great. And it you know so I think um, these are never easy decisions. But the way you do it, I think, speaks more and says more than than with the decision itself. And it sounds like they've been extremely human, um, which to me is what matters the most. Absolutely. I guess that's what that's the common denominator with Intuit has been for a long time. We don't always like or agree with what's going on, but they, they tend to take the high road. They're definitely, in my view, anyways, um, they, they've done a good job, but it's still sad. Um, I don't like to see my friends um, lose their jobs, but and, and I have so many friends there. And I think because we don't really know who's been affected yet, time will tell. So, and, and, you know, we were talking, Eric, um, in, in Kinga's event about the changes you guys have had. And, and in Canada, you mentioned you've, you've had to, um, to pare it down a little bit in the, in the short term. And, um, yep. and Washington, the, the main U.S. office seems to have been hit hard as well. Um, you lost a few people there and it made our good friend Melanie Schroeder very upset, if you recall. <laughs> Yes, I do. Yeah, totally. Her, her good friend, Eric Poindexter, unfortunately. But yeah, if, Eric, if you happen to be out there, hope you uh, best of luck. And, and you've made quite the impact up here because Melanie Schroeder is uh, been replaced or you've been replaced by Kinga and Kinga's <laughs> awesome. And Melanie was still unhappy that you're gone. So Totally. And I don't yeah. think Melody's the only one. Yeah. I remember. Like, I no, Eric's been great. Early and others. No, we have. Yeah, a, Eric's we been We had an amazing team. Yeah. And that's the thing about these decisions. You know, they're not personal. They're it's business because Eric performed. He was a great guy, and sometimes it just happens. The numbers just happen, and um, you, you know, he'll land on his feet just like everyone else will. 
Absolutely. So where do you guys see the Canadian market going over the next year? I mean, uh, hopefully we're seeing a lot more people switching to cloud, more adoption. Do you guys, can I, can I, do you have a futurist hat you can put on and put out some Yeah, I was going to say, I think you made it hard with one year because I feel like the next 12 months are going to be the most uncertain, you know, uh, if I could get 12 months right, then, you know, you should invest in me because that's, a, yeah. that's a, <laughs> but I, I think for sure, um, you know, we definitely see Canada and Canadian, Canadian accountants and bookkeepers as a huge opportunity. Um, you know, like we were saying earlier, um, there's just, uh, I think, a real interest in um, getting to use different technology and an openness to trying things out. I think the great thing, too, is we have such an amazing community of early adopters, such as yourselves and others on the group. Um, it's amazing how, you know, on social media, whether it's Facebook or LinkedIn, people have come together to support that transition. Um, so I really do expect things to really accelerate um, over the coming months in terms of people's kind of ability to, um, you know, look at different technology. And I think the other part I would say is, you know, certainly from a receipt bank perspective, and I think other companies, is we sort of realize also more and more that um, we want to meet our partners and our accountants where they are, which means that we have to also service a bit more desktop. Like, I think, you know, at the end of the day, there's going to be those <laughs> folks that are purely cloud, but there's those that really love their desktop product. And, and you know, so my hope is really that um, we're able to service those that are sort of saying, like, I'm happy to do some cloud, but I still might need to do some stuff with desktop. Um, how can you help me? And I think whether it's right. us or Pluto or, you know, other uh, partners um, in, in sort of the app community, I think we're definitely looking to be a bit more uh, open to different ways of working so that we kind of support, you know, accountants where they're at. So, right. you know, the nice thing is we're growing up. Hopefully accountants are going to come into the cloud, but the nice thing is I think the technology companies are also realizing that um, not everyone's going to, you know, jump both feet in. Right the reality is, is some businesses based on their business models can't um, go to QBO. It's just not, doesn't fit yeah. them properly yet. And I have several clients like that. So I definitely know of the receipt bank, um, uh, desktop integration wants. I have some friends out there that yeah. I tease all the time. Say, oh, come on, use QBO. But um, definitely there's there's demand for it because, you know, their business, I, and I could see my clients using it with the right integration um, in these other scenarios because, um, you know, you don't really have anything for desktop that does that. There's not a lot of tools available. And it's definitely an advantage in the QBO and the Zero and the Sage world to have a tool like that. So that, that would be see, interesting. Do you see other integrations and more middle market coming down the line as well? How about FreshBooks? I mean, you know, we had Twyla on <laughs> yeah, last yeah, week. Yeah, Twyla on last week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't definitely. know if I call that middle market, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think for us, we're squarely focused on small, medium sized business, less middle market for now. Um, you know, we believe that's kind of where we want to win and we kind of believe focus is important. Um, and, you know, as Brad knows, I think we've really been trying to reset kind of our product you know, delivery capabilities in our, in our product uh, set. And so I think, you know, we're really focused on the kind of being the best technology provider for accountants and bookkeepers and accounting professionals that service small, medium sizes. That's kind of um, what's become more and more clear, which I'm really excited about because I think it's like when you have clarity of focus of who your target customer is, that allows you to build really, really great product and you know really great services and really great experiences um, to just delight people. So I think for now the mid market piece we're going to leave to others and we're going to stay focused, you know, where we've done a good job, but where we think we could do an even better job. So you, you, um, sorry, um, you know what I love about yeah, what no. I'm hearing right now is um, is the influence of Adrian. Um, <laughs> I think I've told you this, Eric. Um, Andrew and I got to meet Adrian in London, England, on his very first day on the job. He showed up to the receiving totally. party and we got some FaceTime with him. He's quality and. You know, we were just talking about Cezanne and his influence on Intuit. I've definitely, definitely seen Adrian's influence on Receipt Bank. Um, Alexis is a great guy and he was a great founder, but they definitely needed a professional CEO. And Adrian has is a great pedigree. I mean, he was well known in England. He was, you know, featured in magazines all the time, and he's kind of a rock star. So it's it's great to see how that is manifesting. And what I'm seeing is focus. You guys are definitely much more focused on the product, much more focused with how you're going to promote the product, um, much more careful with how you spend your marketing dollars 
which I think is good. It means yeah. fewer cruise ship parties and, and things like that and, and fancy steak dinners and, and that. But, you know, the, just, hey, can we go to, go to Andrew's cottage? Andrew, yeah. can, can I, do you want to host our next happy hour? Maybe I'm after COVID. That. <laughs> <laughs> I, I promise I'll be very distant. I'll just stop. I'll stay far away. <laughs> right but yeah, it's 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 nice to it's to hear that age. And of course, you were hired by by Team Adrian. So, and I've definitely seen seen the the different direction. And it's and it's great for us here in Canada because we did feel a bit neglected because you know DC did their best to help us out, but it's still we like boots on the ground. So it's nice to know that when COVID is over, we can start doing this face to face again. Yeah, we still like dealing with Canadians. We we always do. Um, you know, I know always, that well. Given the choice, not yeah. that Americans and Brits and Aussies aren't awesome, but you know, we we all speak the same language, and we well, know it all. A, it says a lot to us when companies will invest in the Canadian economy because obviously we get that we're we're one tenth the size of the U.S. and and the the obvious market is the U.S. and we often feel neglected. So when some when a company steps up and invests in the country and prices uh, in Canadian, Receipt Bank has done that from day one, and that's yeah. that that is a differentiator in itself. Yeah, Cost and I think right. I think this focus, like keeping this narrow focus and just becoming the best at what you do is um, is great because I've, we've seen so many time and time again of companies that try to diverge away from their core competency. Yeah. Is he freezing? A little bit, yeah. Andrew, I think you're lagging a bit, pal. Could you translate? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we lost him. Oh, no. And he was just starting his point, so I don't even know how to continue that. So I guess we'll wait for Andrew um, to unfreeze. So sure. um, what, else is, what is, else is on top? I kind of jumped in there, and you were giving us your view of the next year. So what? even go beyond yeah. a year, like where do you see the next couple of years? with Receipt Bank in general, because obviously wow, there totally he's gone him. now. Um, he, he'll be back. Uh, Receipt Bank, obviously, like, I always knew they were international, but when, when we got to visit the, the mothership in London um, during QuickBooks Connect in, in 2018, yep. um, I really, I looked up on the wall and they had all the clocks of all the different places they have offices. So it's Sofia, Bulgaria, correct? Yeah, Sophia, <laughs> we have uh, South Africa, there's Australia, um, obviously Canada, US, US, uh, France, France, um, and the UK. And then also we have operations in India that do, um, you know, a lot of our kind of uh, validation work. Yeah, exactly. Welcome back, Andrew. And <laughs> you froze up there. We, we jump right in with that question you were just about to make. Yeah, now I remember where you were. <laughs> the answer. <laughs> um, but I, I guess what 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 are your thoughts and, and what are your takes on, you know, like QuickBooks receipts functionality? I mean, I think you know those of us who are playing around with it are like, well, it's definitely no, it's no receipt bank, you know. Yeah. Um But what you know, how does that change your game plan, or does it? Yeah, I mean, I think you know, we always see receipt capture within kind of QuickBooks as a great kind of, um, you know, entry level tool, especially for a small business. I think for like the, you know, the direct small business that's using QBO doesn't have a lot of receipts. It makes a lot of sense. I think once you're an accounting professional dealing with multiple clients, um, a lot more use cases, a lot more volume, um, you know, Receipt Bank is a much better solution. It's also pushing us to really invest in kind of beyond the data extraction piece itself. And how are we delivering value? Much more around other ways of integration, getting more data so we can leverage more AI and data insights to provide more intelligence. That was in some ways what predicated the acquisition we did of Xavier. Because um, right. the whole idea of Xavier is actually, you know, how do we use all the information that an accountant has to provide better you know, recommendations, right? In terms of data quality, in terms of potential uh, issues with compliance. Um, so for us, it's very much about, you know, one part of the problem we want to solve is making sure uh, we can get as much data as possible to help accountants give the best advice for their small business. Um, and I think, you know, what QBO does with receipt capture um, really just pushes us to make sure that, you know, 
we're kind of adding more value. And it, it really is probably commoditizing, you know, a part of our functionality that we believe is somewhat commoditized to begin with. Um, obviously, right. we believe we do it much better in terms of multi-language, multi-currency, dual tax, um, a whole bunch of different things. But the great thing is it sort of pushes us to do more. Yeah. Well, I think that's, you know, that's, that's obvious to, to some of us accountants that, that those features that you point out are really core um, features like that we need to see in a receipt tool, right? I mean, I, I don't know how many conversations uh, I had about managing tax with receipt capture and, and you guys were one of the first company to, to get that right, you know? Um, and, and I think that that going that extra mile and, and doing those extra steps, I mean, I think you can get a bare bones receipt capture tool that, um, will get the basics there, you know, like an 80, yeah. 20 rule. It's, it's easy to get 80% of it done with 20% of it, of the effort, but it takes that 80% effort to get to that other 20% completed, which we as accountants are not happy with an 80% effective right. product. Right. Totally. So, totally. Uh, Andrew, have you noticed? I don't know if you've seen it yet, but Forex is in the Canadian one now. They finally got it right on the vendor side. They've got a foreign currency exchange, and there's a lot of people out there that uh, <laughs> didn't like. And and Eric, you heard it because I know in the Receipt Bank fan club. If anyone's out there, um, there's a Facebook group called the Receipt Bank Fan Club, and Eric's in there regularly. Um, he answers questions. Adrian will pop in now and again. Kinga's there. It's set up in a Canadian um, in a Canadian domain, so to speak, um, a, a bunch of Canadians from British Columbia put it together. We have people from all over the world in there. So um, yeah. we were talking about that the other day, um, the Forex came out and people were just like, oh my God, thank you, thank you, thank you. Because you guys used to take a lot of flack for, for that in there. Um, oh, and I, I give you guys amazing credit because you, you, you people ask for what they ask and we all know, our good friend Paul Burns um, keeps you guys honest and you guys handle it extremely well. You're very proactive about it. You, you, you'll take it offline, but I know from experience that you'll reach out and you'll work with us to get through things. So that's the goal. And that's actually a great example where I think having a Canadian team really helps because it's really interesting to me in in the sense that like no one you don't really think about it, but we're one of these like unique countries in the sense that like we share a dollar sign uh, with the largest economy in the world. And quite frankly, like if you're an American accountant, like how often do you get a Canadian receipt? Whereas you're a Canadian accountant, how many of our small businesses get tons of American receipts? Exactly. So, like how how can you? And we obviously pride ourselves in being 99% accurate, um, but there's certain use cases where it's like if it's Amazon. Or if it's a you know Walmart, how do we differentiate between Walmart in the U.S. and Walmart in Canada? And so you know even putting in place a rule like you're saying so that we can say it's Amazon.com U.S. dollars, Amazon.ca Canadian dollars, um, that will help reduce a whole bunch of errors. That's the type of stuff that we think you know we're putting the thought and effort and energy to get to that 99% versus the 80% like you're saying, Andrew, uh, which we believe really matters. Um, so. The other cool thing is we've also moved to these like license pricing for you know for a lot of our new partners and that actually allows that gives people choice. So if you're an accountant and some of your clients are smaller and and you know the QBO receipt capture works for them, that's great. Like you don't need to spend money on receipt bank and, and we're very happy with that because we want to make sure you're using it for the clients where it makes sense and you're going to get the ROI uh, both as the small business and also as the advisor. So uh, you know we kind of really see it as a win-win. So how how does this license? Uh... Because I'm not, I'm, I'm not familiar with the that license. Yeah, you're part of our old kind of a sliding yeah, I'm, scale. I'm on a isn't grandfathered it? plan that I'm grateful to be on. <laughs> Let's just put it yeah, the more <laughs> you buy, the cheaper it is, and yeah. it's it's actually it, the pricing makes sense. Um, I've seen a lot of these prices in the past for for competing products that basically the the app partner takes all the the uh, margin pretty much you have an opportunity here to still get a cheaper cost and make it worth your while and you can even mark it up if you feel like it um but the more you buy um the cheaper it is right correct correct and yeah it's, and it starts it, it's with reasonable five clients yeah because yeah. sort of even at the, the even at the lowest tier you're getting a break over the retail price if if your client were to buy it out there in the open market so, you know, it's a place to start. And then obviously the yeah. more clients you take on as it gets cheaper, it becomes, you know, more cost effective and uh, everything. The old, the old style, the early bird pricing is really what it was with the, the fixed. It's wonderful 
if you have the clients on it, but if you don't, it, it can become overhead. And if you happen to lose yeah. clients that are on it, so so there's that, right? It, it, you can hit a point, especially in the downturn, that all of a sudden you think, well, it sounds expensive. I'm not getting rid of receipt bank. You know, I need it personally and my clients love it. But so I think the new way of doing it allows people to, to, to get into the product and at any price point now. It used to be more complicated. Yeah. The pricing was more complicated. You guys have made it much more transparent. Um, I think we have this conversation. I think we can have it again. I used to feel like I was dealing with a used car salesman whenever I dealt with Receipt Bank in the old days because you guys would come up with a price and you'd say, I got to go talk to my manager. You know, it felt like <laughs> the typical, and I used to just laugh about it because, um, you know, people did get different pricing. And of course, and we, we all talk, talk too, so we all know. Uh, Never no, smart it's funny, move, when I right? see it now. Like, I literally see, I'm like, like, I see people that are like, they bring up their pricing and I'm like, what is this? I've never seen this like crazy permutation. Yeah. It literally was is like uh, bespoke pricing by person. Oh yeah, yeah, there was a lot of that because I, I guess know that's that value he, pricing. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, it was um, it was a part of growing up, and and Receipt Bank was definitely was looking for the penetration, and they were looking for, um, you know, the the brand advocates out there. And of course, everyone knows that I'm usually wearing orange all the time. I was actually going to do it tonight, but I thought that might be a, a bit tacky. But um, you know, it's um, I love the product, and it really came down to just you know, seeing the value, but it was also the way you guys sold me on it. I, there's some great webinars out there for partners. Um, I learned, you know, how to sell the product. You know, you don't just focus on the bookkeeping element of it. I mentioned all the different variables that it brings. And it's, to me, it's an easy sell. It's a really easy sell because of it. And Andrew, you mentioned the receipts built into, into, into QBO. You know, that's a fine product for somebody that just, that's they need the bare bones and they're trying to keep costs down. But as soon as you become bigger, uh, even, even a little bit bigger with some volume, it doesn't make sense to use that built-in tool anymore because it really isn't super scalable. Whereas Receipt Bank, I spent a bunch of time with a new client the other day and showed him all the ins and outs and he, and he was just blown away. He's not an accountant. He's operational in nature. And when he saw what it could do and I showed all the variables, we barely scratched the surface. He's super excited. So that's an example of a non-accountant, you know, getting in there and seeing what it can do to make his business be more effective. Because this guy said, I don't want paper. I want to be streamlined from end to end. And when he took one look at Receipt Bank, he said, I'm going to build my whole company around this. So, you know, that's Is that streamlined, streamlined used it as a pun? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think you even have streamlined or optimized or, or extract. Is extract's dead, isn't it? Or is extract still around? It's based, it's, it's in essence dead. So, I mean, like some of our folks still use it. It's, it's still there, but for us, you know, we're- You don't offer features. it. Yeah, we, we don't sell it anymore. Um, we just don't believe it's the right tool, especially with with products like QBO Receipt Capture coming to the market. Like, it's, yeah. it's, yes. um, that's where, where we want to play. Um, but I did love, I was, I was on the um, Juliet Aurora's group and she just, I think she, she posted that she was getting rid of her like, photo with her like msd Office. device oh, yeah, um, scanner printer like her, yeah because she said someone was like are you totally paperless now? she's like 100 percent paperless and 100 percent virtual um and you know that is actually you know if i'm going to put a futurist hat on i think i don't think we'll be 100 percent, but certainly i think you know andrew you're going to spend a lot more time working from your cottage i think going going, going forward <laughs> yeah, and that's, i think a lot of people sure. are um and i think that's great and that's a great goal and i think for us to be able to enable that is like super cool um, and I loved seeing that. And I, I, part of me was thinking that we should have a we should have a little tracker, like a KPI at Receipt Bank, to see like how many of our accountants uh, partners are like 100% virtual and totally paperless. Because that's what. Right. That's, that I would well, right now, I, right now, I'd say it's 99%. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. Well, I, I found I found a new use post COVID. Yeah. I found a new <laughs> use for Receipt Bank. I actually use it for personal stuff now. I've started just put storing everything there. You don't have yep, to push yeah. it to the accounting software, but with all the Amazon purchases and skip the yeah. dishes, I can tell you what I've been buying is it's all, I just send it right there when the receipt comes just, just because, you know, yeah. just because I can. And We've it's easy been, to do. I've, been, I've always been a big advocate of that. I mean, with our clients, we push them to track absolutely everything. everything. We just have, yeah. we have a whole bunch of sub accounts for directors advance. 
So basically under the director's advance, we have like a whole nother chart of accounts, which are all the personal lifestyle expenses that you would normally have. And we encourage yeah. them to push absolutely everything. Yeah. In the if receipt. you doubt, take a picture of it yeah, yeah. or forward it. Well, and, then, and then just categorize it under personal because yeah. typically as, as accountants, we normally only get half the story, right? The business right. side of the story. But then there's a whole thing that where the client has made a conscious choice to decide that this is personal. But maybe it's not. Maybe there's some yeah. opportunity. Like, you know, you go back so to the- Why aren't you writing this off? And they're like, I didn't know I could. My last accountant told me I couldn't. Or well, I hear that all the time, right? It cracks me up like the movie, The Accountant, where he's sitting down with the with the farmer and his wife. And he's like, well, that's a home office, isn't it? You you do. Like, you know, you start getting creative about these deductions, yeah. right? But if you don't know, if you, have, yeah. if, you don't, if you don't have any insight into that, it's a black hole. And there's no optimization or assistance that you can provide to your clients. But if you get that data in and you encourage people to do it, um, it gives you more insight and more power as an accountant to be able to wow and impress these people because they're like, I didn't know I could do that. Um, and you wouldn't know to tell them that if you didn't know that this is how they were spending their money, right? Yeah. Um, not to mention even then is, you know, one of the other things that we like to do is, is um, we do a personal net worth assessment for every one of our clients. Like how much money do you have outside of the corporation? What are your goals for financial freedom? What does that translate into a goal? And again, if we're not understanding where they're spending their money, how can we start planning for their future, their goals for their retirement? Cause we don't know what they're going to need and you know, what they, what they need right now. Um, so I, I love that, you know, we, we still, and, and this is one of the things that, I mean, um, I get what Brad's saying about the, the old pricing. Um, sometimes it was a big overhead for some of the smaller firms. Um, yeah. But for us, I love that. I saw the value in it right away, even though I, it was expensive at first. Um, my used car deal was that you don't have to pay today. You got, you know, four <laughs> months or five months, they'd staggered it. They said yeah. um, on month one, we're going to charge you X. And then it was like X plus $50 until we're up to your final amount. And, and we'll get, that'll give you time to get some clients on it and recover some of those costs in, in, in whatever form you want. And it worked. And I appreciated that because, you know, that was a creative way to get me into the product. Cause at the time I wanted to specialize in one of them. And, and I was looking at all the receipt banks competitors and talking to them and evaluating their product extensively. And that flexibility allowed me to, to bring it into, into my, my business. And it's, it's, you know, in this age of, you know, slowdowns, I know some people out there are having a great run. Well, I'm more of a traditional accountant. So my, or sorry, a traditional consultant, less of an accountant. And so things have slowed down a bit and I've had to look at my own bottom line and go, okay, what do I need and what don't I need? And of course, receipt bank is just a main a, a line item that just is non-negotiable. It's become such an important part of my business anyway, slice it because it is core to, to my value proposition I bring it into the company. So um, well, yeah, and I'm for glad. Me, I, just love that. I love that unlimited um, client model yes. because- <laughs> It became an incentive to me, like in my accountant's head, I was like, the more clients I put on it, the lower sure. cost per customer yeah. it is, right? So there's yeah, there's marginal clear... cost becomes almost zero, I think. <laughs> right? Theoretically, you know, so right? It be it becomes a no brainer. Like, oh well, you know, this has cost me five dollars a client, but if yeah. I get another fifty clients on it, then it's you know, that's that in half, yeah. and in half, and in half, and in half. So there's the direct incentive, which is which I thought was absolutely brilliant. And I would always well, tell other app partners that I thought that was the most brilliant marketing strategy that you had because it 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 creates an alignment of interests, right? And now well, we talk about of, that. Sorry, Andrew. Speaking of um of marketing strategy. Do you remember when you first went on, you be, he made it available to anyone yep, for six months for free. Saying, try it out, Brilliant. you know, and think about the right. conversion rate on that. Try it out for six months and they get used to it pretty fast. Once you, you, you say, here, have a little bit of this and try it. So he, Andrew was great at, at utilizing it as a marketing tool. Yeah, the one well, thing is one what, of the things, Go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry, Andrew. Go ahead. I was just going to say the one thing that's just boggled my mind is that we, we, we like we get you and I, Brad and Eric, obviously, I would I'd hope that you get the benefit of the tool. Um, it's just obvious to us, but it still boggles my mind how many people don't get it and um, how many conversations I have with clients. I'm like, no, this is a game changer. This, no, I like doing it the way I do it. You know, I'm happy to keep it in my shoe. What the f yeah. 
I want paper. I want to. I want to keep paper. And it, it still boggles my mind. And and what's really interesting is we even have like because obviously one of the great things about Receipt Bank is you can see when you log in, you know, when people are uploading documents and when this is the last time they upload. How long is it between uploads and stuff like that? Yeah. And a number of these people that take the free licenses don't even use it. It's like, I'm like, what? Like, okay, so you've gone to the extent of like registering it. You're not even gonna take like one one picture? Like, and you right? know they got a phone. They, everyone's got a smartphone. It's not like you got a Blackberry or you're using a flip phone, yeah. right? Everyone's got one. It's so, yeah. Yeah, and now- I How do you admit, get over that? How do you get around that, Andrew? I was so, gonna say, I feel like, Andrew, you're like, you must be, um, you must like, have a, like a secret line to our product team. Cause that's definitely one of the things that we are working on um, in terms of, you know, really making that kind of end user experience even better. The cool thing too, is to your point, like we've invested a ton in the app across like Android and iPhone and different platforms. And, and you look at the app store, like it's like, like 4.7, 4.8 stars out of five. Like people, it's a people solid it, app. They love it. Yeah. It's a solid it's, app. It's it works really, really well. Right. Yeah. Um, and so we're trying to figure out some of the, like, what are the things that we can do to really get people to just try it and discover that magic? And, and it, it literally is, I think it's that game point. It. Yeah, I think we, yeah, give them prizes and say, congratulations. Apparently or, that works. Just give them like or little do stars. Like, you use, use like some sort of thing, like when they walk into a Starbucks, as soon as they walk into a Starbucks, like, like pop-up message don't forget to take a picture of your receipt you know like yeah. almost something like like those little because i yeah. found for myself like that initial change of behavior creating that habit and getting used to like taking the picture takes a little bit of time um so i'd love to see some sort of like little thing where if you could <laughs> do something around that where it was geolocation based where like if you walk into a store or near a store where they bought a receipt before in the past like don't yeah. forget to you know um yeah your totally i got a right. great story going with that my very first submission ever i was with a client and a potential client no actually she did become a client eventually and we went out for lunch and the bill came and i said hey i'm going to show you this great new tool i have so i took a picture of it um and then i what i tend to do is i just rip up the receipt right i hadn't hit submit or upload yet and i closed the app <laughs> before i submitted so all of a sudden it was a ripped up receipt in the middle of the table and i was going oops was the very <laughs> first time i literally rather than taping it back together we jigsaw puzzled it back together and i took a picture of that so my very first oh yeah my very first submission that. it worked pretty darn good and who cares if it doesn't get it right the first time it's not hard to tweak it a bit and get the number you want in there but yeah my very first submission is all ripped up and put back together because <laughs> it was the same thing right all i had to do was take a picture and and hit you know upload or whatever the button is and no you know it's that change of behavior yeah. had i kept That's doing that i'd be wondering where it was right so yeah. i think sometimes it's almost like you just gotta us as, as providers have to just kind of handhold them a little bit. But from the app itself, I heard this the other day about there's tools out there that if you get prizes or not a real prize, but congratulations, you did your first upload. Yeah, just a star even. Yeah. Yep. You just did a hundred uploads. Congratulations. Sure. Here's how much time you've saved. You know, you guys yeah. do that well with accountants, right? Like you've saved X amount of hours. Yeah. Right? At, at, the, right. at the, the bronze, silver, gold, et cetera level, you guys show how much time has been saved. So. Yeah. And we're going to do more for this, like the actual end user, the small business and people on their team. Um, we have a funny story where when we were, we were actually onboarding a bunch of our new team members and we went out for drinks. And so uh, one of one of our um, like more tenured receipt people, she was going to pay, she paid, she took a photo and then she left the receipt. And then of course the next morning we came in and someone's like, you didn't take the receipt. I saved it for you. And she's like, why did you do that? Like, you don't need to, like, we don't need the receipt anymore. Yeah. And this Tell guy you know, just got does. hired was like, like oh right of course like we completely honored that's that, that's the company i joined i got rid of this process and so i think for all of us you know even if you're in the company it takes a little bit to do that mindset shift so um you know we're pretty excited to do more yeah i remember being in san jose and 
um, there was a, a bar we used to go to, but they would like a certain hour, they would lock it and they wouldn't let anyone else in, but they'd let people finish their drinks. Um, and Damien, uh, who's still with the company back then was, was, uh, in there with a couple of guys from, from into it. It was Matt Canis, wasn't it? Yeah. Matt Canis. And, and he was picking up the bill. And I said, Brad, Brad, let's make, let's see if he, let's see if he takes a picture. Let's see if he takes a picture. And we totally sat there like stopping. <laughs> Do you remember what happened though, Andrew? <laughs> what? He, he'd, had a, he'd had a few to drink. Both he and Matt had been there for a little bit longer or for a while. And yeah. he dropped the receipt and it, it was a bit of an um, exercise <laughs> to get it back. But he made darn yeah. sure he took a picture of it. Yeah, it was, but he did take taken a picture, picture of it. Yeah. But had taken a picture on the floor, but he was a bit unsteady. He was a couple of yeah. blocks away from the, from the hotel. But he, yeah, been a he made sure. Photo. Yeah. We have a lot of those. Don't worry. <laughs> the, the back Especially in the open entertainment. We have, yeah. we have lots of them now, but we used to have a lot of them. Uh, I, I've done that a few times where I'll actually put the receipt next to what I purchased. And there's this uh, place I go to that makes these killer desserts. So I've actually done submissions with like cheesecake or something. And then I get a screenshot and I put it out to social media. And it's actually you know, it went a long way because you can have some fun, right? Why not? You, you know, as long as the receipts in there, you can still, that's the thing is the, the, the tool works so good. It knows where to look for the receipt. If your hand is in there, if there's a, yeah. you know, a cheesecake in there, it just doesn't matter. It just kind of adds to the backup. So I think you could have a lot of fun with it potentially with your accounting team. Yeah. So crazy things i definitely do. want to do more games i feel like, like we have a really fun product actually and so even like as we when we when we get back to being able to do events or even for virtual events i've been like trying to come up with like cool ideas we can you know do to just like really show the power of the tool yeah. um you know like how many receipts can you scan in a minute or you know different ways to, to really you know showcase and then have fun because at the end of the day like that's kind of when you get that that win-win I believe Damien be really cool used to do, to do in a booth. You could have like a great competition with a pile of receipts. Yeah, who could do who could do the most? Janet would win. I think Janet would win. That's the problem. I knew who would win. <laughs> there was so. Do you remember one of the QuickBooks Connect? Damien had some sort of virtual game where he oh, was yeah, that, getting, where to flip the paper. Yeah, you'd, you would take, take pictures the of stuff. receipt and then you'd flip it into the wastebasket. Yeah. Oh, that's it was nice. all digital. Oh, that's yeah. cool. And it was all. Yeah, like it was that. with the touch screen. Yeah. Uh, so it was kind of like Angry Birds with receipts. Yeah, it was. It was yeah. sort of like an Angry Birds yeah. type of thing. Like you fling were this into the, yeah. fling it into the oh. garbage bin, fling the receipt into the garbage bin because you don't need it anymore. I love it. Which, which I thought cool. was a, a great idea. In fact, I wanted to to rip it off for um for an event. I was like going to literally like put up the app and and I even went out and I bought the 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 device, which is this thing that goes onto a TV. And then yeah. it senses, it turns any TV into a touchscreen, basically, except for the, I couldn't get the freaking device to work. So it was turned out to be a disaster. I had the this big expensive gadget. Like, it's really cool when it works, I swear. It's like, it's so cool. <laughs> like, okay, next booth. <laughs> I love it. That's and my, for you guys, my what life. are you seeing in the, like, in, in terms of like the Canadian space and ecosystem? Like, I'm excited about Canadian technology, right? And one of the things that's been really cool joining this industry and being in Toronto is like the app companies we have in this country are phenomenal. Well, how about Shopify is now the largest business, company, the largest yeah, market large cap in Canada, Canada now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Think of all the big corporations here and Shopify is the biggest one in the country. Well, and, and that's, that's obvious right now is, is, is with what we're going through a bigger and bigger and more pronounced shift to e-commerce. Right, we always we already knew yeah. e-commerce was going to be big, um, but more and more people shifting to e-commerce, and seems to be Shopify is the big winner there. But you know, we've had we had a long history of some pretty amazing fintech companies coming out of Toronto, right? Like, um, you know, Wave, which you guys were a big part of, right? Because you guys were the, you guys were the back end for Wave, right? Yeah, uh, we were, and we still are actually. We still are, yeah, yeah, we still yeah. are, right? Um, really, yeah. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, Jeez, yeah, I learned and, something new every day. Yeah, and uh, I mean, obviously, the you know, on the opposite end of the aisle, the the blue company Hubdoc is a, a big, uh, well-known startup in Toronto too, right? Sure. You know? Yeah. Um, Shopify, not from Toronto, but still, obviously, out of Ottawa and Canada. You know, we've got yep. we've got some pretty, and then, not, you know, we've obviously got a huge gaming and and game development community in Toronto. Um, yeah. So I mean, there's so many West West Coast as well. Electronic Arts has a big a big office there. Yeah. It's just full of coders. I think half of their sports games come out of Burnaby. So 
Well, and also in, in artificial intelligence and machine learning and natural language processing, so our universities are some of the best in the world and turning out some of the brightest minds um, in the world, not just in obviously in the country, but in the world. So it's, it's, and I think that that's obviously, you know, you guys are, you know, it's, it's old language to all of us now that AI is the future of technology um, and, and machine learning and natural language processing. Um, all of that's really cool. Um, you know, the one thing that's really getting um, my attention right now, and, um, and of course, I can't even think of the name up for it. What's that thing where you do? It's um, it, it's the um, where it can you can it can replicate a human process uh, on the computer. Um, like so, like if you do a bunch of clicks uh, on your computer, you can get oh, like robotic process automation. Yeah, R yeah, exactly. RPA? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's I think going to be really big. As, I think it's a temporary solution um, as um, because right now we have, we still have a lot of human uh, operations that can be replaced by RPA. Um, and, and so that, that I think is going to be really, really interesting for the next couple of years. Um, and I don't know, what, what's your guys take on that? Is that, I, I can't see how that would interact with document capture, but could it? I mean, I think for us, we're more focused on on um, the data side yeah. and, and, and AI. And actually, one of the things that I you know, secretly um, have like in my plans for Canada, for Receipt Bank, was to have Adrian set up like a machine learning center, to your point about the talent here. Um, you know, one of the things right. um, that I'd love to do is be able to, you know, for the most part, most of the team here on the ground are, you know, here to work with our accountants and our bookkeepers in terms of like like sales and marketing and customer support. But I'd love to get like a little machine learning AI center for Receipt Bank here in, in, you know, whether it's Montreal, Toronto, Calgary, to your point, there's like so much talent. But I think for us, it's really about being able to provide, you know, real-time finance and real-time insights, uh, both for the advisors and, and, and the entrepreneurs. So right. that's kind of where we're heading to. Yeah. So obviously it's, it's the machine learning, the natural language processing yeah. and the AI is really the, the trifecta for you guys really. Right. Um, and I guess big data and data management and all of that fun stuff that goes into it, which is well over my head. <laughs> I just know the acronyms and I know it's cool, but. Right. Um, right. Right. <laughs> we're not talking, we're not touching blockchain, which is the other big, you know, the other kind of buzzword that everyone talks about, um, which is always fun. So. Well, um, and I think that, you know, what would be really cool also is, is to see um, some content from you guys uh, around um, AI and machine learning. Cause I think, you know, for all, a lot of us, it, like, but at, at like a dumbed down level, right? Like, like a, a, a machine learning and AI for dummies, because I think that one of the things that we are going to probably see in the, in the very, very foreseeable future is I think we're going to start to be able to start building in, artificial intelligence and machine learning into our own custom uh, library of clients and, and our custom individual processes. Because that's the one thing is that I've learned over the years is all accountants and all bookkeepers, we, we, we do the same job. We all do it in a slightly different way. Right. And we, when we have our own little processes and our own little, you know, custom way that we do yeah. things. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm foreseeing that we're going to start to see, um, AI start to play a play a more of a factor in even in the small business uh, space. I know obviously like, you know, the big thing with AI is that, you know, it needs a data set to learn from, um, but it's becoming better and better. And I've seen some like, I've you know, uh, we've done a couple of hackathons now. Brad's done with me, one with me. I've done, I think, uh, four different hackathons now. And to see what, what people are able to build out um, from an AI standpoint, um, just using common databases and common libraries um, in a very, very, like, I mean, we're talking 24 to 48 hours, right? Yeah. And they're able to build, build out some rudimentary minimum viable product systems um, and be able to um, test them and prove the concepts with small amounts of data. Obviously, the, the larger the data, the more accurate it, it gets. But I think that that power will be in our hands um, in the relatively near future, not just from a, because yep. right now, the only way accountants use AI is, well, I have Receipt Bank and they use AI. I have QuickBooks and they use AI. <laughs> I don't know how it's done or what it does, but it has the buzzword in it. Um, yeah. But I think as we start to understand the concepts of how this actually works, 
um, and how we can use it in our own um, day-to-day businesses. I think it's going to start to become more mainstream. I mean, that's my my futurist hat and my predictions for the future. Totally. No, yeah. I think you're spot on, Andrew. And I think like in some ways, it's one of those things where we don't even realize AI is there, but it does a lot of stuff for us on a day-to-day basis. And there's so many things that you know you guys are thinking about that um, we could inform the decision more easily with AI, right? Even just things like you know, um, when is this supplier going to like? When do you have to make this payment? Can you extend it out? Like, how can you actually improve working capital? Like, all that right. type of stuff that are fairly um, easy decisions that you know we. we in some ways, it's almost like you can, once you have the data, it's pretty easy to build some type of insights around it. So um, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Well, well, you and, you and just so- touched on cash flow too, right? Cash flow is yeah. so important. And obviously, tools that we're using these days just make it easier. Yeah. People and that's like well, one space that's like ripe for, and there's a lot of, or, or already a lot of tools out there that are kind of using AI to inform kind of cash flow management. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, even things like I could start seeing, like, you know, help me understand who are my clients who bring their information in on time and those who don't, the, the clients who are right. always like every single year, they're always missing a bank statement or, you know what I mean? Like maybe we can use yeah. technology to be able to automatically, you know, remind and, and notify and give flag, yep. like flag and, and trigger all this stuff without us having to like manually, like go in and dig through and recognize and, you know, um, reconcile and follow up. And cause I mean, that's what we're doing all the time, right? It's tick, tie, validate and follow up. Right. Yeah. And, and a big chunk of that is still, is still, still, still for us follow up. Yeah. Um, and I can't imagine I'm the only one who's doing that. No, definitely not. No, for sure. Cause it's hard to change human behavior, isn't it? Like, you know, it's my, so hard. So that's- my own included, my own included, right? I mean, and and I got to say, I mean, the thing is, you know, I, I look at what COVID has uh, done for us as, um, you know, it's it's forced me into some changing of habits. You know, I always talk about how I wanted to be able to work for my cottage. And I always had these excuses, these rationales for why I needed to have an office, why I needed to go yeah. in. And why, you know, I needed to be there and, you know, team dynamic and managing people and making sure that they were being productive and group huddles and, 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 you know, being able to have creativity. You can't do that when you're virtual. Well, you know, all of a sudden I was forced into it and what, lo and behold, it, it, it does work, but we have in our minds, these rationalizations for justifying our existing behavior and not changing what we're doing. Right. And I think that something every one of us myself included fall into and we don't realize it right we think we're you know we think we're one way but when we actually go back and we look at history and we look at our own track records we go well you know maybe i was guilty of not being as forward thinking as i thought i was (laughs) you know or or like to tell everyone i was you know and we had the technology we we could have and we were able to when we had to turn of a dime we were virtual but we always had these justifications for why we had to have a physical office, why we had to do things certain ways. Um, and it's only when you're forced to change um, that you start to realize, okay, you know, some of my beliefs were, were fundamentally flawed. And I think that uh, one of the things, I mean, circling back to what we talked about at the beginning is that um, where COVID has brought us is to a point where people have been forced into changing human behavior. Um, many of whom um, will never go back to doing things the way that they did um, in the past. They might go back to maybe some hybrid version. Uh, I mean, I've, you know, I think we talked a little bit in the last couple of weeks about the future of work and what that looks like as far as, you know, will people have office spaces? Will people be 100% virtual? Uh, You know, my prediction is that we're going to go back to some form of a hybrid I don't think we're just going to find out that when COVID is done, every single accountant is now a virtual accountant. I, right. I would be surprised if that happens. Yeah. But I think we're going to see a lot more of them. And we're going to see a lot more of the firms that were maybe, you know, they're going to cut their physical overhead space in half and go to hot desking and uh, remote teams. And we'll come in for meetings and team meetings, but we don't necessarily have to have every, a desk for every single person in the organization the way we used to think yeah. we did. Totally. I'm very much like I was a huge believer in like in the office, like especially because I was trying to build a new culture. 
and you know the, how do you build culture remotely and i think it's been a real you know um positive experience for us to say we can build a dynamic exciting inclusive brave culture through zoom amazingly enough and, yeah. and i do i i it's definitely been enhanced when we can get together and actually our team um has just started to kind of doing some small group gatherings socially distant together um, optional and it's been great to be able to see each other in the flesh um yeah. but certainly it does that's not that's not mandatory i think that's yeah. definitely an add-on so um it's been a huge revelation even for me personally so um to your point it's like we're always going to be learning which is great so yeah and and exactly i mean i i listen to josh and tad who uh from live ca who have always said that this model works and um and that you could do it but i always had my reservations and i always had my justifications for why we needed to have a physical uh location um but on that note i think we're, we're coming to the hour and I can hear my family coming oh, wow. up the steps. <laughs> I'm prepared to start uh, harassing me. So Eric, you'll get to meet them in the after show. And for everyone else, awesome. we'll, we'll, we'll see you guys next and if, Friday. And if anyone wants to come hang out, shoot me a PM and, and you can come hang out with us. Um, anyways, cool. uh, Eric, thanks. Uh, thanks for doing this. It's great. My to pleasure. No, thanks for having me. It's been great. Hope I'll get to see it again. Absolutely. Cool. Okay. See you Bye, soon. Everybody.